0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au And Father, now as we come to your Word, Lord, we lean in to hear from you. We don't lean in for a Christmas message, we lean in for a life message. How can we walk with you? How can we hear from you? How can we discover more of you in the name of Jesus? We give you the glory, Lord. Amen. 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 Turn with me in your Bible this morning to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 26. I've been in kind of like a series that I never started out to make a series uh, on. There's something about Mary and out of the life and the beginnings of Jesus' earthly life. And as I said to someone during the week, you know, because they asked me about, well, how do you go when it's Christmas and... How do you retell a story? I go, well, it's not in the Bible for a story. It's in the Bible to teach us. Uh, We're told in 1 Timothy that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So therefore, this story that's in the Bible is profitable for every single one of us in just the same way. And I want to encourage you this morning. I believe God is uh, always about to do something great in the sense that there's always good things ahead. But I feel it specially. I really do. Uh, I I don't believe that we are simply going through another week or another Sunday. On Sunday the 31st of December, so that's two weeks time from now, which I know for a lot of people it's kind of like, well, it's the last Sunday, whatever. Maybe I'll come, maybe I'll just stay home. It's been a big week. I would encourage you, I believe I've got a word from God for that Sunday about being on the brink and about what God wants for us. I believe as a church that God is not just simply continuing as things have been, but He's got something fresh in store for us. So let's go to these verses. Luke 1.26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Now watch this. The next verse says this, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what that could mean, what that could say to her. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You'll name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God, now watch this again, the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. For the people that wonder what's going to happen in the future, what's the earth going to look like? We are daily bombarded with our stories and theories and People wanting us to think that the end of the world is somehow rather out of control, that the world is spinning off into some kind of disaster, but my Bible says that he will reign and that his kingdom will never end. He will end it. It will not end him. So then Mary, let's go on, verse 34. Mary asked the angel, "How can this happen? I'm a virgin." The angel replied, "The holy spirit will come on you. The power of the most high will overshadow you, and the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the son of God." Those verses there in verse 29 says that Mary is confused and disturbed. She asked the question, "How can this be?" You see the notion that Mary or any believer lives with absolute clarity about everything all the time is obviously not born out in Scripture. Let me say to you today that if you are wondering here or even if you are doubting or even if you are here saying, I'm confused or if you're saying, Jeff, how come? Then I want you to understand that the people of the Bible lived a life with God where that kind of experience was not foreign. It wasn't something that God rebukes them for. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is confused and disturbed. She's wondering. But listen, the important lesson out of this is that she chooses her response to be this—a verse, a, a, a phrase I woke up with one day this week. You know, sometimes I just wake up and I'm a bit bleary-eyed and wondering what time it is. Lean over and I've got a little clock beside my bed and I hit it and it lights up in a, a very low light, what the time is. And sometimes I go, oh no, I thought it was five. Turns out it's only three. Uh, other times I wake up and I'm full of energy and ready to go. And, but then sometimes, like this day this week, I woke up with this phrase like it was lit up across my mind. I choose trust. I choose trust. I believe that's what Mary did through a variety of circumstances that I'm going to take you through. I choose trust. I want to encourage you. I want to urge you. I want to challenge you. I want to say to you today, whatever you're facing, that the best choice you can make in the middle of whatever you're in is to say, I choose trust today. Maybe you haven't chosen it in the past, Maybe you've been blown about by every kind of contrary wind. Maybe you've struggled to believe and hoped and wished and been confident and then it all evaporated. Or maybe you've been somebody who's really got a hold of it and going, well, I would encourage you, whatever circumstance you're in, to say today, I choose trust. Mary, number one, she said, I choose trust in times of uncertainty. I choose trust when I'm not sure. She's obviously unsure. And you know, when you think about it, in our production last week, it's so beautifully and powerfully portrayed, you know, where Joseph uh, gets, here's the news and Mary goes to him with some trepidation saying, hey, by the way, guess what? I'm pregnant, but it's not you and I haven't been unfaithful. It's God that's doing this and Joseph wrestles with it. But nobody I've ever heard has ever mentioned Mary's parents when she goes home and says, hey, guess what? You know, we're going to bring forward the wedding. Why are we bringing forward the wedding? Well, turns out I'm pregnant. That is not the kind of thing every parent necessarily gets excited about. They're full of questions. And she no doubt was thinking, how am I going to explain to my friends, my bridesmaids, whoever, I know that you and I will all have times of uncertainty in our walk with God. And if you've never had any, my goodness, you need to get out more. My goodness, you need to start believing for more. You need to let vision capture your heart. Because everybody in the Bible that I know of, every single one of them, had moments of uncertainty. Abraham, the father of all them that believe, had moments where he said, God, how? Look, I'm getting older and older. It's not happening. What's going on? I know that David, the man after God's own heart, he had it, you read it in the Psalms, where he says, God, have you forsaken me? The words Jesus uttered on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Were first uttered by King David. I know that the disciples doubted. Well, Thomas certainly did. But it says all of them left. So I understand that there are some times when you and I can get pushed out of the place of confidence in God. That doesn't make you a bad believer. I don't know anyone who's walked a walk of perfection. I know most of us, certainly for me, I've walked times where I've absolutely been sure and certain and confident. But then there's been other times where I go, oh God, I don't know. God, I'm not sure. And I know that it's in those times when every single one of us asking how and what and when and why and who, we need to say, like she says in Luke 1 verse 38, she says, Mary responded "I'm the Lord's servant, may everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left. The angel left, why? Because Mary sealed the deal by choosing to trust. Can I tell you, there's a lot of things you're not going to know. But this much you need to know is that I have chosen to trust. Let me say it to you again today. I want you to get this because I'm not trying to give you a Christmas card message. I want you to hear something for the very real world in which you are living and for the very real circumstances that are surrounding you at this moment, good or bad. I want you to say from your heart, I want you to say it. I choose to trust. Some of you here today, your ears need to hear your voice say it. as not just a fleeting thought that passes through your mind and then gets swallowed up in all the busyness of life. But your ears and your mind need to hear you say out loud, I choose to trust. I choose to trust. Lord, I choose to trust you. I don't know how. I don't know when. I'm not sure why. how it's going to come to pass. But I choose to trust you, Lord, in the middle of all of this. I choose to trust in times of uncertainty. Secondly, I choose to trust in times of difficulty. I choose to trust when it's a hard road to walk. In Luke's Gospel, Chapter 2, the Emperor Caesar Augustus is called a census. And that means that everyone's got to return to the place of their birth. And so Joseph and Mary, she's heavily pregnant. She's going off with him to his hometown of Bethlehem and it's crowded. Maybe Coldplay were in town that weekend or something, I don't know. And every hotel room gets taken up and there's no room left for anybody there. Mary's about to give birth. And you've got to get the ridiculous kind of circumstance of this. It's like, hello, You know, she is about to give birth to the Messiah, but hasn't got a room available. It wasn't a lack of money. They could have paid for it. They just weren't any left. And so here is this young couple carrying the Messiah and about to have the birth that will change the entire universe. And now they're in a place of immense difficulty. Listen to me, being a Christian does not absolve you from difficulty in your life. I'm not prophesying it because, my goodness gracious, life will bring it no matter what you say. It'll bring its ups and its downs. It'll bring its twists and its turns in your life. And every one of us need to, when we get in the place of difficulty, there are some times I know for me when I just simply say, God, I trust You. I trust You. I trust you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust you. God, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm not sure. I can see all the facts. I can see all the reasons. I can see all the data. I can hear all the opinions. But in the midst of that, I have found one of the most powerful things in my life is to stop long enough to say, God, I choose trust. I choose to trust you in times of difficulty. I choose to trust you in this situation. That's number two. Number three is I choose to trust in times of contradiction. When things are going the opposite to the way I expect them to go. I choose to trust in times of contradiction. You know the story in Matthew's Gospel chapter 2. The wise men have departed. It says, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Now get this again. Because Jesus is now a toddler. And so you've had the the miraculous appearance of Gabriel to Mary. Joseph's had a dream where the angel of the Lord appears to him, fear not to take Mary, uh, your your fiancé, to become your wife. That which is born her is of the Holy Spirit. And you've had all that. You've had the shepherds coming out of the hills and they are telling an incredible story about how they're out in the middle of the paddock And all of a sudden a heavenly host that filled the sky came around them and instead of having a worship service that was generated or or had human voices, all of a sudden it's the voices of angels that are singing and filling it and the glory of God that goes along with that because angels never bring just simply facts. Angels bring the, the presence that they inhabit They bring the presence of God, the presence of heaven. And they're feeling all of that. And then the angels disappear and the shepherds go, we better go find Him. And they go and they look through everywhere. They've been told that He's in a manger somewhere in a stable. And they go through looking and they find Him in that place. And then they bow down and worship. And all this is going on. And you've got the Messiah and everything's looking so good. And then we read this. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, arise, take the young child and the mother and words come out next that we never think God will say. Flee. Flee. We go, well, I've got the Saviour here. I've got the Messiah, the hope of Israel here. Aren't we supposed to be the head, not the tail? Aren't we supposed to be the... Conquerors? What do you mean flee? To where? To Egypt. That's where our people came from. And we tell the story every year at Passover of how the Lord delivered us out of their grasp. How He took us out with a mighty hand. And now you're saying, go back where? Think about it in a minute. Because this would have all played out in their, in their mind. Go, rise and flee to Egypt and stay there till I bring you word. Not even, I'll be back in two weeks. Just stay there for as long as it takes before I come to you. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him as a child. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother uh, by night and they departed for Egypt. They were there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled. And don't you love the fact that the the angel doesn't say to Joseph, let me let you in on why we're doing this. Because way back in the Old Testament, one of the prophets prophesied and said, out of Egypt have I called my son. So you've got to go there to fulfil another prophecy of the 600 or so that Jesus fulfilled. So you've got to go back there. But the angel doesn't tell him that. How many people know God doesn't tell you everything? Amen? I how many wish He would tell you everything? How many of you are smart enough to go, God, I'm glad you don't tell me everything. Because if you're dead, I would really be in a, in a mess. I'd be a basket case, Lord. huh? So this is, to me, it's an absolute contradiction that this is going on. He's Messiah, we're fleeing, going the opposite direction. But I know that some of us, from time to time, we will be in a place where what seems to be happening is the opposite of our hopes. It's the opposite of our dreams. It's the opposite of the promises that we believe God has given to us. Amen? Come on, are you all here this morning? And so in the middle of all that, I want to challenge you. I feel like, I feel like God does not just want to come up nicely to you today and go, come on now, come on now. Come on, you little possums. Come on, you little things. Come on. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm challenging you. I feel like there's people here today and online with me today. And I feel like God, the Holy Spirit is saying, come on, choose trust. You can't choose trust limply. You can't choose trust casually. You can't choose to trust. You've got to put it out there. You've got to say, I choose this today. I choose to trust in Jesus' name. I choose trust in times of contradiction. Here's the fourth one. This one I think is the hardest one. I choose trust in the silence. I choose trust when things aren't being said. When I don't know. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, it says, All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Why did she think about them? Because she didn't know the answer and there was no angel telling her. Jesus' parents, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 33. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Think about that a minute. You think they know, but they're saying we don't know. We know what we did. We know about the beginning of it, but we don't know what the rest of the story looked like. We don't hear another thing about Jesus from the wise men and, and they're coming to him until he's 12 years old and he's up in the temple. And even then, his parents are astonished. What are you doing here? And he says, didn't you know I must be about my father's business? And then later on, it's, it's 30. That's another 12 years. Oh, uh, sorry, 18 years after that. So there's long periods of times of silence. And some of us are going to have, I reckon there's every single week of my life, I've said to the Lord yesterday, why haven't you spoken to me about this? Why haven't you told me? Because there's things that I go, I, I see that much. But God, I don't know. I don't know. Is it that? Is it that? Is it there? Is it there? And I say, Lord, which one is it? Or am I the only person on the planet that has these experiences? God, I don't know. There's silence. And you know, you can get all wired up about it and start wondering what's the matter with you and maybe God doesn't like you anymore and maybe God is angry at you or else you can just say, listen to me, in the times of silence that believers can go through, I choose to trust. I choose to trust. After all the angels, the wise men, where to from here? No instruction about Jesus and the teenage years. It's not like the angel turns up every week and says, here's your job list for the week. It's not like that. Where to from here? There's going to be some times of silence in your life and in your world. In the times of silence, say to yourself, I choose to trust. Here's the last one this morning that I think, again, this one's so different from what most people imagine or think it will be. And that's this, I choose trust. In my times of success, I choose trust when everything's going so well. You know, I've noticed over the years that even though that might sound strange, I've seen some people hang on strongly to God in a crisis. And the moment the crisis ends, they let go their hold on God. All of a sudden, it's like the guy I heard about once who was running late for a job interview and he really needed to get there. And so, He's driving round and round in the CBD looking for a parking space and he couldn't find one and he began to pray and say, Lord, come on. And then he thought, well, maybe if I tell God, I'll, I'll promise him something, maybe he'll move faster. And He says, Lord, I, I promise you that if you find me a parking space, I'm not just going to tithe, I'm going to double tithe. And just as the words come out of his mouth, a parking space opens up right in front of him and he stops and he says, don't worry about it, Lord, I just found one. (laughs) That's somebody who holds on to God when the pressure's on, but when difficulty is gone, they let go. They say, God, I, I got this from now on. Many people I've seen over the years have held on powerfully, When that diagnosis was bad and they get well and all of a sudden it's over. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, here's a part of the story that most people don't really dwell on or think about. It's the story of the wise men coming. It says that when they'd heard the king, they departed. That's King Herod. Behold, the star which they'd seen in the east went before them, came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. When they'd come into the house, it wasn't the manger, but anyway, that's a, let's not split too many hairs. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now the Bible doesn't say how much. The Bible doesn't give us a value on all of those. But I would recommend to you to think that these wise men, first of all, went to the palace, the opulent home of King Herod. They went to where they thought a king would be and they were turning up with gifts that were, were suitable for someone of that stature. They weren't going there saying, here's a pair of baby booties. They weren't saying, "Look, here's a teething ring or something small like that." They're turning up with gold and frankincense and myrrh, some of the most valuable things in that time. They're turning up with them. I've read studies that people have done that uh, you know they say that it was worth millions of dollars. Well, maybe that's right. When I get to heaven, I'll ask Jesus about it, or maybe it won't even figure on my radar as being important for the first thousand or so years. I don't know. But I do know this, that these people after this are told to go into Egypt and stay there for years. And so somehow or other they've got to fund it. My personal thought is that probably the wise men's gifts were God's provision for them to be able to go. But they don't know it yet. When these wise men turn up, And stick all this stuff. Imagine that you go home today and waiting for you at your front door is a couple of messengers and they say to you, guess what? I won lotto last week and the Lord told me to give it to you. Let's just pause a minute and enjoy that thought. I know some of you will go, if you got it from gambling, I'm not taking it. Some of us that are less godly in that, we're just going to say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I was praying for blessing and here it is. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I'm definitely in that crowd right there. Amen. I, I'm just going to say thank you, Jesus, and take the blessing. Amen. And uh, first of all, I'll tie you, because course, out of the lotto, whatever it was. I don't know. I've never bought a lotto ticket in my life. But anyhow, whatever that means, these people are there. And you can just imagine Mary and Joseph sitting there with a pile of treasure. Woo-hoo. Have we won or what? Mary, oh, that was a good thing when you said I choose to trust because we look at all this. We've had the shepherds. We've had the angels. Oh, we've got wise men turning up and look at this stuff. Woo-hoo. We are set for life. Joseph is thinking about that Nile cruise. He's always wanted to go off. Oh, I get to go and do all this stuff. (laughs) They're thinking about all of that. When you reach that goal in your life, when you get that job, when you start that family, when you win that contract, please choose to keep trusting. In your times of success, choose to keep trusting. Don't say, oh God, I needed you, but now I've got the job. Well, I'm a bit busy now, Lord. I'll, I'll try and fit you in. Lord, I've been, you know, this job you gave me. Lord, now I, I'm sorry I can't be committed as much as I want to be. Why not say, Lord, I choose to trust you no matter what. Lord, I choose that no matter how my life goes, you are first and foremost. You're my number one. I choose to keep on trusting because maybe like Joseph and Mary you're going to discover that there's a greater purpose to your blessing than what you ever realised. Maybe you're going to discover that there was something about what God's brought into your life. I interviewed uh, Roberto say and Maria and Hannah uh, last week for our next My Story in January. And here is this guy telling me this story about how he becomes a chef that he grew up in a a big family in a poor part of the Philippines, but he always had a passion for cooking, always wanted to do it. And he tried, he, he volunteered at a local cafe, a restaurant, and then he, he appealed to his local councillor, a government official, saying, would you give me a letter of recommendation? He, he finally gets it and he gets a job in a restaurant. Well, that restaurant job took him to a cruise ship. And then he was on a cruise ship for eight years on and off. The longest he was on was one year. It's a great story. You should listen in for it uh, there in January when it comes. But a marvellous story. But now this man, for this entire year, our Hope Lunches that we run every week, he's been bringing, I said to him, Roberto, if I was doing this, it'd be a sausage sizzle. Because that's about as good as I can get. Instead of that, You're giving fine dining to people that have probably never seen it in their life. And here is this man who discovered that there's a purpose to something that seemed so ordinary and so natural at the time. Will you trust God in your times of success? Let me give them to you again before I finish. See, I choose to trust in times of uncertainty. When I don't know, I choose to trust secondly In times of difficulty, some of you here today, come on, you need to latch on to one of these and you need to be saying it to yourself right now, I choose to trust. I choose to trust in times of contradiction. What I'm hoping for, this is the reverse, but I choose to trust. I choose to trust in times of silence when I'm not hearing anything. God, when I wonder, have you forgotten my address? I choose to trust. God, I choose to trust, fifthly, in my times of success, when things go on the up, I'm not going to slacken off. I'm going to stay right in there, believing and accepting and trusting that you've got a big plan for my life, whether I'm in the heights or whether I'm in the lows. Amen. I believe that today God wants to speak to hearts that are here. You know, I told you this, I think every year, I don't do Christmas sermons. I just believe that God wants to speak something for your life. Just bow your head with me a moment. Just close your eyes a minute. If, if you are here saying, God, Jeff, I'm in one of those five. I'm in a place right now where I need to say the Lord, to the Lord today, I choose to trust. Why don't you just slip your hand up and then you can just put it back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, 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 yep. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, wherever you are. Maybe you're in a part of your job life, your work life, family life, up in the balcony. I'm including you as well. No one's looking around. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you right where you are. Lord, I thank You back there. I choose to trust. I choose to trust. I'm going to pray with you right now. Those of you who lifted your hands and online, Pastor Bruce will be there at uh, ministry time at the end to pray with you as well. But why don't you, right where you are, while I'm praying, just say to the Lord, we'll just say it loud enough you can know you're saying words. Lord, I choose to trust. Lord, I choose to trust. I choose to trust. Father, I pray today for every single person. Those in front of me, those online, those that will be online. We wanna say to You today, Oh Holy Spirit, I know You're gonna take these words and make them strong inside of us. This is a turning point for a lot of people. I choose to trust. I'm believing Lord, that my life is gonna be different. I'm believing You're gonna help me. Holy Spirit, You're gonna walk with me through every part of this because I'm no longer focused on it and all that's wrong but I'm leaning into you I choose to trust I choose to trust I choose to trust Father thank you for that in the name of Jesus just while heads are bowed eyes are still closed you hear today and you say Jeff I don't know if I'm a Christian because I meet a lot of people who go well I'm a Christian because after all I'm born in a Christian country or I'm a Christian because I try to be good But the Bible never says that any of those things are what makes us a Christian. The Bible tells us that what makes us a Christian is that we open our heart to Jesus, receive His forgiveness, and we commit to following Him. We say, Lord, I'm making You not just the One who saves, but I'm making You the Lord, the One who controls and directs. And I want to pray for you this morning, just wherever you are. I'm going to ask you again, just while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if you say to me, Jeff, I want to make sure. I don't know if I'm a Christian or not. Maybe you thought you were. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you say, absolutely, Jeff, I know I'm not. But today I choose to trust Jesus. Is that you? Would you just slip your hand up wherever you are so I can see it? I'm going to pray for you right where you are this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else, just wherever you are, thank you for those people. you yeah, I see your hand, brother. Anyone else, just wherever you are, you say, that's me, just slip it up. You don't need to be shy here. We're going to love You and bless You. Then, Father, we pray for those people, each one of you that raised your hands, would you pray this prayer after me? And by the way, if you're online, why don't you join me? I know that I couldn't see your hand, but I'll tell you in a minute how you can let us know that you've made a commitment to follow Christ. Pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. I'm opening my life to You. I want to follow You. I want You to lead me. I choose to trust. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. 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 You can look this way. If you've said yes to Jesus today, there's a couple of things you can do. One is you can simply go to our Connect Hub at the end of the service. Someone there just all you gotta do is say I raise my hand or I prayed the prayer, they'll give you some of the literature that we have prepared for you that'll help you. Or I, I'd recommend you certainly do this one is that you could text yes just the three letters Y E S. The number's up there on the screen for you. It's on our website as well. It's 0488-826-392. Or if you'd rather get it via email. You go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, the very next day. I know Pastor Bruce told me just this week uh, that somebody, was a Wednesday afternoon you told me about. Pastor Bruce, he must get like a a notification. He said, somebody just sent through a yes text. Wednesday afternoon, I don't know where they were in the world. I don't know their name and maybe I'll never meet them this side of heaven. But I expect that when we get to heaven, there's going to be a long line of people saying, I'm in the yes section. And so thank you for everyone who's a part of that, but uh, I'd love you to do that. Text yes to that number. We'll send you a Bible verse and a prayer. That's specific to that Bible verse. It's different every day. We send you that for 30 days. You say, what'll that do? Well, it'll introduce you to the Bible, God's Word, and it'll teach you how to pray. You start by praying. Because lots of people, I think it's the question, apart from what's the will of God for my life, I think how to pray has been the second question I'm most asked in all my life. How do I pray? A lot of people want to know, I don't know how to do that. We want to help you do that. Text that through, it's all free. Be our joy to partner with you. Let's give those people just a big hand and say well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Fantastic. Love you, Jesus. Amen.